and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We are recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman. I am joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. I finally got you into my clutches. I'm talking to my cigar. <laughs> I've been waiting on these cigars to get here and waiting with bated breath. And every week, Austin would say, they're coming, they're coming, they'll be here. And they released them at the event, the Undercrown Sun Grub. Have you had one yet? I have. This will be probably my fifth or sixth one. <laughs> but I have finally got it in my clutches to enjoy on the podcast with our audience. So I thought about grabbing one of those this week just so that I could beat you to it on the show. That would have been a little too mean, though. Well, they had them at another store, but my morals pro- prohibited me from purchasing them. I see. There. You had to save save your, uh, your sun-grown cherry for... Austin, I guess. That's right. I was saving myself for him. <laughs> and it sounds wrong on a lot of levels. But, I've, you know, I've, I've just always wanted to get this cigar since I've seen they were making it. And what do you think? Love it. One of the better ones they've made. Um, when I first smoked it, I thought maybe it and the shade, I like the shade a touch better. But this cigar has really, really grown old. And all it started it was good, but it got even better. Now it's a tough call whether or not I reach for this or a shade. Oh wow! Would you say it's got a little bit more flavor, a little more complexity than shade, or is it just different? Um, a little more strength. Okay. You know, and I think it actually is going to come down a lot of times to the time of day that I'm smoking it. All right. If I'm smoking earlier in the day, I'm probably going to reach for a shade. But if I'm enjoying it in the evening, it's probably going to be a sun grow. Interesting. All right. Sorry, I had to dive right into cigar talk. No, that's fine. I can understand your excitement. And I'm actually I'll... pretty excited about what I'm smoking this week as well, just mostly because I'm surprised that I actually remembered what I had promised Austin I was going to smoke this week. Uh, so last week when we got ready to record, we were sitting around the shop and, and talking to Austin, and he was talking about the Wawense that, that Shane smoked. and mentioned that he thought the Maduro version of that cigar was my flavor profile 100%. He said that I was going to love it, that I was actually, you know, that I was, that it was a cigar made for me. And so I told him I would smoke it this week on the show. So that's exactly what I'm doing. I've never had it before, um, but it's, I think it's from Esteli. It's a Nicaraguan, so it's it's going to be in my wheelhouse. It's the Maduro version, so it's going to probably have a little bit more bite to it than the natural or the Habano that you smoked last week. But I'm, you know, one of the things that I've, I've really appreciated about doing this show is the fact that I've really branched out and I've smoked some great cigars that I wouldn't have otherwise. And I'm hoping that this continues uh, along that line of being another one that I never would have picked this up out of the humidor if it hadn't been for Austin's recommendation. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, the other cool thing about the show has been starting analyzing not only the cigar, but where the tobacco comes from, and even getting down into the regions. You know, this the Undercrown Sun Grown here that I'm smoking, and I guarantee you by the end of the night, I'm going to make the mistake and call it the Shade Sun Grown, because I'm used to saying Undercrown Shade so much, but it is just the Undercrown Sun Grown. It's made in Nicaragua, Nicaraguan viner and filler. If you could figure out how to do a shade sun grown, I would really. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of talent. <laughs> well, this time of year with the leaves coming off the trees, yeah. it would be easier. But it's an Ecuadorian wrapper. And Ecuadorian wrappers are something that I've really started liking this year. I've just started liking the flavor of that a little better. He's now timing himself to see if he can get it done in 10 seconds. He did. But you were using a gigantic lighter. There was no stipulation. <laughs> Your Prometheus is this, has the same number of jets, doesn't it? No, that has one more jet than the Prometheus. All right, Not I'll to mention it. that has a much better flame than the Prometheus. All right. Well, my 5.36 seconds, I think. One of the, I don't think we're ever going to let that go. But, <laughs> but I will applaud you. You did get it done. And all, and it's almost all it. There's still I'm facing him, so I can see there's still a little corner that didn't quite get enough fire. That's unfamiliarity with the lighter. You That's may have nothing to, to do with the time. You may have to add a touch <laughs> of fire to it. So, 
Let's talk about our weekend cigars. What's your weekend cigars been like? My weekend cigars has been uh, pretty unremarkable, actually. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. Um, so I ran another triathlon this weekend, and it was amazing. It was, it was such a good race. I beat my swim time. I didn't die. I'm not sick. All <laughs> so that's not dying's always that's a prerequisite for finishing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it for the most part. So, uh, but had a really great race and actually came and was able to hang out here a little bit after the race. And so my my celebratory cigar was a Padron Four Thousand. So I didn't go big spender, but I definitely definitely went up there a little bit. I'm really enjoying that cigar lately. I've been smoking a crap ton of them because at $9.50 a stick, you cannot beat it. There's nothing in the humidor that competes with that quality for that price. Mm. I mean, there's just, there's nothing in there. It's all, you know, if you're going to spend that dollar figure, it's going to be hard to compete. Yeah. And it was, well, and I I walked in and, and, you know, Beth was working and I said, and Austin was here too. And I said, you know, hey, I finished second place. What's your second best cigar in there? (laughs) Well, congratulations on finishing second place. Well, thank you. Um, but so, so I really enjoyed that, and really the first Saturday that I've had. To, I know it's, it's going to sound weird. First Saturday I've had to relax in a long time, and enjoy. I mean, once all that was done, I just came in and took a nap, and I actually watched the Ironman World Championships this weekend. So it was a lot of it was there was a lot of triathlon in my weekend, but it was good. How about yours? Um, I had two cigars tunnel on me this weekend. No, and one of them, one of them was a Don Gonzalez. I've never had a Don Gonzalez function anything but excellent. And strangely enough, another one was an Underground Sungrown. I don't know if my physics were off this week, if I was lighting too hot, if I was smoking too fast. I don't know what I was doing, but I had two unrecoverable tunnels. See, so remind me. Just because I think you and I inherently, our definitions are slightly different. What is tunneling for you? That's where a hot spot shows up on the outside? No, I'm sorry. Stove piping. Okay. Pardon me. I should have used the term appropriately. Stove piping, where the center is burning out of the cigar, but the wrapper and the outer edge just does not burn. Huh. And I've had two of them do that in one weekend, and that's really odd for me. I rarely ever have that problem. So I usually have that problem when I'm smoking too slowly, like where it's almost going out, so the center of the flame is all that stays lit, and then I almost get it relit, but then not quite enough, and then, so I don't know. And I I tried to save both of them, ended up burning a hole in one of my workout shirts trying to save one. Oh, man. And finally just gave up, went and got another cigar, called it. You know, just at some point you've got to turn it loose. At well, some point you're just hurting yourself. What was the other cigar? The other one was an Undercrown Sungrown. Oh, and all it was one of the yeah, ones. It's got to be you. Yeah, <laughs> it's not Don, Gal- Don Gonzalez or Jonathan Drew. <laughs> yeah, well, for to get two in a row like that, it had to be something I was doing. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. So of course I go back to basics. I roll back to the soft flame. Uh-huh. And light the rest of my cigars for the next four days with just the soft flame. You're once bitten, twice shy, huh? I let the ash roll out just a little further than usual. I smoke a little more deliberately, and I hadn't had the problem again. <laughs> you got the cigar yips. <laughs> <laughs> something, something went on that, that that was not good on those two cigars, but. That's going to be life. That's going to happen to you from time to time. So, Speaking of stuff not good happening to you, I hear you have a legislation update. I do, and actually it is good stuff. How's that for a segue? Today, the USD, U.S. District Court Judge Amit P. Mehta rejected the health group's attempts to enter the FDA cigar lawsuit. That is excellent news. The American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Cancer Society Action Network, American Heart Association, American Lung Association. Busybodies for a boring world. Yes, Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids and Truth Initiative had all applied to join the FDA's, to be defendants in the FDA's lawsuit against the premium tobacco industry. It was such a stupid, misguided attempt by them to get involved in this in the first place. I can't believe it was ever even entertained. 
Okay, and if you're pediatrics, tobacco-free kids, and Treat Initiative, what are you doing talking about cigars? You, it, yeah, there's nothing to do with cigars and kids. Those, those two things do not go together. You know, I think it's one of those things, if you, you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. I think these people have just bought their own BS, if I'm being quite honest, and to the point that they honestly feel like they're doing something good for kids by attacking cigars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They're getting nowhere fast. Um, FDA has even pushed back, due to the hurricanes, all of the um, requirements by six months more. Okay. And all because of the require the hurricanes, they're saying, okay, you don't have to get your brands and all that in for another six months. Yeah, you guys were too busy trying to stay alive to file a, a piece of paperwork in triplicate. And maybe they do have some decency left. Uh, I wouldn't put it that far. I said but, some, not much. <laughs> but at least the, at least it is progress in the right direction. That and I'll give you. There's still the motion um, out there to demiss this lawsuit altogether, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen. There was a Pennsylvania senator signed onto the bill to exempt premium cigars last week. It seems like every week we're moving a little closer in the right direction that they may be realizing kids are not smoking premium cigars. Right. And if they want warning labels, they can have warning labels. You know, it's like you said. I don't care if they put a skull and crossbones on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm fine with warning labels as long as, and here's my only thing, is I think it needs to either be removable, such as it needs to be under the cellophane of the box but or under the cellophane of the cigar but not attached necessarily, because the artwork and the branding that goes into these cigar boxes and these labels is, I mean, it's artwork. Well, and the, I don't think you get, I don't think you need to be limiting the person, you know, Gurkha. You, their boxes are some of the most beautiful boxes in any humidor. And if you take away their ability to get creative with their branding on, from a, from that because you're plastering this ugly white and black label all over it, I think you're doing a disservice there. But, I mean, if you put under the cellophane that wraps the entire box and then and then under the cellophane, all cigars have to be cellophane wrapped because you have to put this warning label on each individual stick, go for it. Well, and it's like they shouldn't have to label promotional things. Right now, if you get a hat that has cigars to do on it, it has a warning label that smoking can cause cancer. Now, granted, I just tear those off, throw them away. Yeah. But they're by no means made to be tore off and threw away. They're just, I do. Well, I, we saw that at the barn smoker. Everyone was wearing the hat that they gave away. And can I just say, I'm not a hat guy. We talked about, we've talked about it at length on this show. The hat that I got at the barn smoker from Drew Estate is now one of my favorite hats. It is my second favorite hat that I own. Because it's made in that, that Castro style. Right. So it's a mesh back. It's a mesh snap back. So I kind of feel like a hipster, unfortunately. But it's got the flat top instead of the rounded top. And it, so it doesn't give me this big, like, five head instead of a forehead. It, it, one of my favorite hats. Love it. But I saw all the guys there walking around with the little label still on the side of the hats. Well, another great hat. I wore mine at the event at um, Crown was the one Drew Estate has where you add the patches to it. Now, I would like to say Drew Estate has not done a good job of getting those patches out. I had to pull some strings and twist some arms and maybe kidnap somebody's granddaughter to get some patches, but I did. Yeah. And all. And they st- it's Velcro on the front, and it's that mesh back, and you stick the patches to it, and it's, it gives you a good look. See, that's the exact hat that I, like, I can't. My head's too small, and so it comes. It gives me a, about an inch of real estate between the top of the hat and the top of my head, and they just look funny on me. Yeah, I have a round face, so I can wear a hat. Yeah, I mean that's just a, a difference in you and I. But we've gone down that road before. So, <laughs> so the other thing this week, the Tatawahe Michael has arrived in stores. It has not arrived here. I will be having a discussion with Austin about that after the show. Am I holding the legs while you work the body? That's right. And it should be here in time for our monster game. Check local listings. Um, $13 a cigar. That's not bad. 
not a bad price. That's actually a little lower than what they usually are. They're on usually the in the Hawaii. 15 range. And it has the, it's from the Michael Carpenter Jason movies, the Friday the 13th movies. And it's the second to last one of those. The last one will be next year, The Bride. Oh, okay. And I'm trying to look here on my notice and find the composition of this cigar. I know it's Nicaraguan binder and filler, and I think it is a Honduran wrapper. Yes, Honduran wrapper. So, very looking forward to smoking that cigar, looking forward to trying that out differently, things like that. Now, one of the things, and I want our listeners to give us feedback on this. Um, One of our listeners came up to me last Thursday and said, hey, I want y'all to start defining some of these cigar terms that you're always using and start giving a little definition to them each week. And if y'all have a term that you hear us using that is not familiar to you, please shoot us an email. Shoot us an email at info at thecigarcast.com. Shoot us a Facebook or an Instagram message stating that and be happy to do that. His question was Lajero. So I have the definition of Lajero pulled up here in front of us. So Lajero is a type of tobacco leaf found near the top of each tobacco plant. It's slower to mature than the seco leaves, which are found in those middle primings, and the primings is how you cut it off, and the volata leaves, which are at the bottom. So you have volata, secaro, or excuse me, volata. Take two. Yes. Volata, seco, and lajero. And it gets the most sun. It's the thickest leaf. It's the driest leaf. And this is usually what gives a cigar its strength. And how they mix those primings is the blend of the cigar. And anyone, so that's a great definition, but you lose points for not answering in the form of a question. Uh, One of the things that, um, you know, the Lajero, anybody who's ever picked a, a wild strawberry or wild grape, and you know you get those tiny ones, Every once in a while, anyone who's ever eaten one of those and gotten like so much sour or so much flavor that concentrated, think of, that's exactly what you're getting out of the Lajero leaf. It's a smaller leaf. It's a concentrated flavor. And so because of the extra time it spends in the sun, because it takes so much longer to mature, it's the last thing they cut off the leaf. It brings a lot more body boldness and flavor to the party. Well, and the Lajero is also the slowest burning leaf in your cigar. Uh, if you rolled a Lajero cigar, you probably could not, one, you couldn't smoke it. It would be so strong. But two, if you could smoke it, you couldn't light it. Um, the Lajero is just a thicker, it's an uglier leaf. You don't see Lajero wrappers for this reason. The only cigar I can think of is the NAS by LFD, um, which also known as the Cheroot. Not the cheroot that Bo gave you that time. Right. Well, the LFD does a double Lajero, and I enjoy their double Mm. Lajero, but I think even a double Lajero is still not a lot of Lajero tobacco. No, it's really not. Uh, And that's why this, the NAS, it's a a full Lajero cigar. That's all that's in it. And so it is. It's a small to cheroot kind of size because that's the size of the leaves. They don't get much bigger than that. So it's, it's, I'll see if I can, I haven't seen them in years, but I'll see if I can find one for you. I don't know if you'd like it or not, but it'd definitely be worth saying you smoked it once. Once we get off the air, I'll tell you what NAS stands for. Well, then also in talking about the Lajero, it's interesting because at the Barn Smoker, one of the things that Jonathan Drew was covering was talking about the size of tobacco plants. And he said, if you walk through the fields where padrones are grown in Nicaragua, you see all of those plants are waist high or lower. Whereas tobacco plants generally for cigars are six foot, six foot six, and taller. Mm-hmm. They're generally much larger, but Padron believes in a smaller tobacco plant for a more concentrated leaf. And it's, I wish I could remember, um, I wish I had known you were going to bring that up because I would have spent some time trying to remember the exact phrase he used, but he, he basically talked about you know, growing for yield versus growing for quality. And those smaller leaves, those smaller plants, give out a higher quality product. And that's why 
those cigars cost more money because it takes more acreage to produce the same amount of tobacco because you're getting less tobacco per you know per plant and less fewer plants per acre and all that stuff and that's why we pay more for a padrone yeah i mean that's what it comes down to but it's anytime you get into the agriculture of something it's really interesting um for a long time i had a job working at a christmas tree farm I painted Christmas trees green every year. Uh, Christmas trees, pine trees turn yellow in the winter if you don't know. And if you want a nice green tree to sell to someone, you have to paint that. So I actually had a job during the summer. We trimmed the trees and we cut them back because the tops inevitably would grow quicker than the rest. So you would have to keep the trees topped out so that you could clean it, you know, so that you could get a nice, clean Christmas tree shape. Hmm. And all, and we trimmed them, and then we every about this time of year, every October, we would paint the trees. And it would hold through Christmas. Oh yeah, painting them now. Oh yeah, it was this green sludge, and it was miserable. <laughs> you got it on your skin. You couldn't get it off. It was, it was a terrible job. Was that what sounds a lot like? If you've ever let a cigar of lesser quality get wet on you, you and you get that dye, there's. Now it, it's a vicious rumor, and of course I'm not going to mention any names. But there's some there's a rumor in the industry that some people actually dye their wrapper leaves to get that rich, beautiful color that you expect. Um, so if you certain cigars, if they get wet and you touch them, you get that dye off on your hands. Well, we've discussed this before that there are some cigars that look like they have been sanded and finished. Mm-hmm. And then the Padron has the more natural, the more rough wrapper. Right. Um, that one would say, what's it got on the wrapper? Is it pretty rough? Um, it's it's sort of in the... Uh, no, it's pretty smooth. And I do want to take this moment to say, or to you know, give a little disclaimer, that I am not suggesting that any cigar that has a smoother finish or a beautiful color to it is inherently fiddled with. <laughs> Sorry, I missed the microphone there. <laughs> <laughs> by the by, the time we've been doing this show for a year, we're not going to have anybody left to even approach for sponsorship. You realize how many people we've alienated at this point? <laughs> I what can I say? I can't lie. I, yeah, but you know, well, this this Drew Estate product that I've spoken, this Sun Grown, it's smooth. It's clear. There's no veins sticking out in the leaves. It doesn't look like it was sanded and finished, but it does have right. that much smoother wrapper leaf too yeah and one of these days i'd love to get down to the science of what the difference is maybe it's maybe it comes down to padrone's plants well we're gonna step away take a quick break take five minutes when we come back i want to talk about how the elwa wednesday is treating you i'll also talk more about my love affair with the new sun-grown Um, Also, in our non-cigar-related segment of the night, I'm going to explain to you why every young man should watch professional wrestling, the benefits of growing up as a professional wrestling fan. Also going to talk... At some point in his life or forever? No, in his developmental years. Oh, okay. I'll cover this. But And also, I want to talk about the lawless day when everybody's going to be able to get a Tennessee wall. So I think uh, this, are you taking so that day excited. off work? I should. Well, <laughs> because what's, what's amazing for me about this, and Austin and I have been talking about this for months, so I know it just got officially announced recently. Um, but in, in months and years past, people in Texas and people in Tennessee have exchanged boxes sort of under the table. I mean... And so you've been able, if you live in Tennessee, you've been able to get the Yellow Rose of Texas if your shop does an exchange and vice versa in Texas, but no one else has. So I'm really looking forward to the fact that I'm going to get some Yellow Rose of Texas here in Tennessee pretty soon. I am taking a day off for that, and I've already got a box pre-ordered. World peace <laughs> through cigars when we come back. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. One of your hosts, Shane Reeves, sitting here across from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. So tell me your Wawensei Maduro story. A wise man once said, that was cheesy, um, it's really good. 
I, I completely understand what Austin was talking about when he mentioned the that it fits my pl- favor pl- flavor profile so well because I'm getting that spice in the back of my throat. I'm getting that that flavor around the back of my mouth as opposed to the front of my tongue. A lot of a lot of your lajero flavor, a lot of your is going to be right at the front of the tongue, that little bit of bite. Um, whereas I tend to taste a lot of the pepper flavors more on the back of my tongue, and that's what I'm getting out of this. It's drawing a little tighter than I would prefer, but not so bad that I notice. Is it drawing tight, or is it a Cuban-style roll? Is it just going to be a slower-burning cigar? It's just a slower-burning. It's just a it's a tighter-rolled cigar, but it's not. it doesn't have hot spots. So it's not like I'm... I've got a tight plug or something like that. It's just, it's a little bit of a tighter roll. Um, so it's slowing me down a little bit, but so I'm not getting that huge plumage of smoke out of my mouth that you normally see sitting across from me here. It's just a lot more mellow and I'm really, really enjoying it. The sun grown, um, this cigar performs best right where I'm at. I'm about two inches into this cigar thermodynamically the whole cigar is warm the um, the flavors have fully released this is the best part of this cigar I'm currently experiencing the absolute most flavor that leathery that kind of espresso foam taste okay all of those different hints are coming through no pepper which I'm a big fan of I, I think Willie and I believe the same thing Willie Herrera blends this cigar and I think he's like I am. He's not a huge pepper fan in his cigars. I wonder if that maybe has something to do with why I'm not a huge Drew Estate fan. It's because there's no pepper on any of their cigars. Well, and that does bring us to a topic that we want to discuss. Um, so the last couple of weeks, we've been doing top five for beginners. We did lighters. We did cutters. This week, I want us to talk about... So, this goes back to a story. I was one day riding around with a buddy of mine that I've known since high school. <laughs> yes. And not that long ago. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm old, but come on, Trey. We were, we were in the Model T. <laughs> but... Um, we were riding along, and my cell phone rang, and it was a buddy of mine that I knew was going on a cruise. And I said, okay, I don't usually answer the phone when I'm hanging out with somebody, because to me, that's just rude. Yeah. But I said, I know this guy's in Florida right now, or on his way to Florida to get on a cruise boat. I got to answer this, be sure he's not broke down on the road, or there's not some something he forgot to do here that I need to assist him. So I answered it, and he was standing, he was in a true emergency. He was standing in a cigar shop trying to figure out what to get to take on these crews. That is an emergency. Yes, and I'm glad that I was on his call list I'm surprised for that. it wasn't a FaceTime call. <laughs> <laughs> but he called me and he asked about, okay, what should I choose? What should I take on the cruise? This is what I'm looking for. And I was able to guide him through that. And my buddy just looked at me. He said, you know, I would give anything if somebody would just call and ask my advice about something. And there is, there's a lot of joy when someone asks your advice. So let's say you're a new cigar smoker and you're standing around in the humidor and somebody walks up and says, what do you think I should get tonight? What do you, what do you know about these? What do you like? How do you answer that? What are the first, what are the factors you consider? So, and we, we've talked about this to a certain extent, uh, but I think if you're another Joe in the humidor, it, the process is different than if you work at the shop or if it's someone you know. Uh, if it's some just random stranger, and, and this actually happens to me quite a bit, especially here, just because the employees here know that I know my stuff in the humidor. And a lot of times if someone's asking about a cigar they haven't smoked, they'll bring me in. <laughs> a lot of times, and I, I look at the size of the guy or lady, but most of the time it's a guy, let's be honest. Um, if he's built about like me or built about like you, like that changes my perception for, for some reason. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but you know, the big, 
you know, the guy that you can tell hits the gym five days a week and, and has the protein shakes and counts calories and just, ugh, he's going to, I feel like he's going to like a little bit different cigar than someone who's maybe got a, a few extra pounds or maybe some guy who's just tiny. Well, if nothing else, the physics of it is he, you don't want to put a six by 60 into a five foot tall, 170 pound person's hand. Right. It's going to look like they're carrying a piece of stove wood. <laughs> but you don't want to put a petite Corona in the hand of somebody six foot four, 230 pounds. Right. You know, you, so I can understand, I understand physics. Um, probably the first thing I consider is where I am and what is available in the humidor. Oh, absolutely. Uh, most of the time that this happens with me, it's, it's here. So I know this humidor backwards and forwards. I, you know, I know where everything is. I know why it's where it is. And I know what's in there. And so that allows me to move about pretty freely as opposed to being in some of the other shops that I hang out in where I kind of know what they have, but I have to hunt around for it a little bit. And, and my intimate knowledge of this particular humidor here at Crown Cigars is, is going to allow me to, to really dip into my knowledge base a little bit better because I know what's available and I know I'm not going to have to go looking for it to put it in their hand. I guess my third concern is going to be price. Um, I'm probably going to put them on a 8 to $14 maximum cigar. Yeah, I think I'm not going to go over 11 and change. I'm going to stay below 12 yeah, but sometimes um, if you're not in the My Father section, if you're trying to put them on an Avo, it's a little hard to get them there in 11. It is, but I mean, usually that's going to be, like you said, that's going to be a question you ask the guys like, all right, you know, w- what's the occasion? You know, if he just got a promotion at work or if he's doing, or he's like, ah, just, you know, had a free evening, just thought I'd come hang out here. All right, I'm going to go to the lower end of that just because... Just, you know, making some assumptions, I would tell the salespeople that used to work for me not to do that, but making some assumptions that most people aren't going to want to drop $12 without some kind of reason. But that's a good policy and all. Like I said, I don't mind putting someone on a cigar that's in that $14 range if I know it's something that they're really going to enjoy or if I know it's a limited release that they're going to have a hard time putting their hands on. Yeah, absolutely. If it, Especially something like if someone's from out of town, I'm going to put them on a Tennessee Waltz. Now, you're from out of state, you know what I mean, where they can't get it where they're from. I'm absolutely, it's a little strong for a lot of people. But the thing is, it's still a great cigar. Even if it's stronger than you're used to, it's still, I've never given that cigar to anybody who didn't enjoy it. Yeah, the, the Waltz is a good choice if you're in Tennessee because you can say they only sell these in Tennessee. Yeah, and the company's headquarters here in town. But I do feel like you need someone who who voices to you that they have a certain amount of experience. If you go through, it's kind of a progression. And if they is, say they've never smoked a cigar or they smoked one once at a bachelor party, I'm not doing that. But anybody else just about. Well, especially if I say, okay, and I always... Clinical curiosity is a technique that I always use with people. I always ask questions about, so have you had the My Father Blue? Have you had this? And if I'm getting a lot of, I've already had this, I've already had that, I've already had the other, then the waltz is going out. Yeah. And especially, and that's another question, you know, okay, yeah, what have you had that you've liked? You know, a lot of times you'll hear Rocky. And if anyone's had a Rocky, they've had, I mean, there's some spice in those cigars. So I don't have any problem. And it, and it, you know, $9.50 or 10 bucks or whatever it is now, it's still a great, it's still right in that, that price point. So one of the things we talked about before the show was, was our top five. So what, uh, do you, let's, let's go back and forth because I don't think I, ha- I can do my whole list in one shot because I think we're going to have a little bit of bleed over here, but I think if someone walks up to me and I don't know who they are, and I'm pretty new to cigars. I've had a few, but I'm still pretty new. I don't really know what I'm looking for. What are the first, what are the five cigars that come to your mind that you know are going to be winners? Okay, these are can't-miss cigars being in that, in my opinion, my list consisted of 
can't miss cigars that are going to appeal to a wide range of palates. Yeah. Number five, the least expensive cigar I'm going to put them on, I'm going to put on a Rocky Mattel Edge Sumatra. All right. That's a great entry level with enough flavor that it'll that'll appeal to a little bit of everybody. Um, for me, that that cigar is in is the Padron Sungrown, or not Padron, P- Perdomo Sungrown. Um, any of their lines, their Sungrown wrapper is just it brings a lot of flavor to the party without overpowering your palate. And I think it's just so user-friendly. I know people who are just brand new into cigars. My ex-wife used to smoke the champagne from Perdomo a lot. and But even she liked the, the Sun Grown. And even I, who smoke the heavy stuff, enjoy the Sun Grown as well. So I've seen it cross those palette lines. And I think that's a great... And it's usually... They've had some price increases, so it's not as cheap as it once was. But it's still in that $8 range. Next one down, I'm going to hit them with is a Brick House Mighty Mighty. Um, not the Maduro, the Connecticut. I don't want to hit them with the Maduro. It's a li- the Maduro's a little bolder, unless they've already told me, okay, I had this 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 um, Patel Edge, and it's a little bit louder than I want, then I might give them the Mighty Mighty Maduro. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a brick house. It's going to be number four for me. And that's that's cheaper than the Edge? Or that's more expensive than the Edge? Marginally. Okay. And I think the Edge is 7 bucks, and the brick house is seven fifty. Boy, that Edge has not gone up in price, has it? No. It's been 7 bucks forever. And they're shipped in big 50-count boxes. I mean... The Edge is a volume discount cigar. It it's a it's a hidden gem because it's such a volume discount smoke. Yeah, I think I think my next one is going to be the uh, Oliva G, Oliva O. It's a great. I mean, it's a Connecticut. Am I thinking of the right one? I can never keep the Oliva straight. I think it's the O. Yeah, it's the Series O. You're thinking. Of. Yeah. So the Oliva O. Um, imagine how good we'd be if we rehearsed or wrote stuff down. Um, the Oliva O is is one of those that I fell in love with recently, as I mentioned on the show many times before, getting back to a little bit lighter cigar, but it really does, um, I think, fit the bill for just a perfect early afternoon cigar. I think that's one that, you know, maybe after lunch, afternoon coffee kind of thing, like, that. I think that's a perfect cigar for that time of day. And... Uh all things being equal, still just walking through it. My number three, I'm going to throw him a curveball. My number three is going to be a Java. It's a Rocky Whoa. Patel cigar made by Drew Estate. I'm going to do the Dolce. I'm going to do the lighter of those two that kind of has that milk chocolate flavor. But it's nice to be able to say to somebody, this is a flavored cigar, but this is not really a flavored cigar. It's not all flavor. It is tobacco taste in it, and I enjoy the job. I've smoked it on the show before. Yeah, but I think that's my that's my um, high and outside pitch. Gotcha. See, I, I don't have anything like that on my list. Uh, the next thing I'm going to go to is going to be the Illusione Rothschild at sub six dollars. You can't go wrong. No one's going to balk at that price, especially after they've taken a trip around a humidor or a little bit and kind of seen what else is out there. It's fantastic, and it's um, it's another one. I like putting people on stuff that has flavor that doesn't blow them away. I don't want to blow anyone's palate off if I don't know how strong a cigar they smoke, but I feel like that Rothschild doesn't bring a lot of strength. My number two, the second one, I'm going to go a little strong but still complex. It's going to be the Don Pepin Gold. It's going to be the called the Cuban Classic, the Black, whatever you want to call that particular cigar. Yeah. Going to have a little more pepper, going to have a little bolder flavor profile, but still isn't going to quite knock you down. Yeah. Um, it, it's such a great entry-level cigar just because it, it there's something about that cigar. And it's... With the time of year it is, I smoked one recently, maybe a, a two or three weeks ago, and it just didn't do enough for me. My my palate was a little heavier that night than the cigar I chose. That happens. Uh, I still think it's one of the best cigars in any humidor if you can find it, because not a whole lot of people stock it. But it's a it's a great 
great entry-level cigar. Um, so mine are in no particular order, but I think the next one that I'm going to highlight is would be the San Cristobal Revelation. I have smoked boxes of these cigars over the years, and they are... I can never remember if it's a sun... I think it's a sun-grown wrapper. Uh, it's made in the Ashton factory, so quality control is out of this world. I've got to say that about Ashton, man. They're, the quality of their cigars is so high, and it's just a great medium plus to medium that in the flavor profile, it's definitely a medium in body. Uh, but I've never given that cigar to anybody who didn't have good things to say about it. Excellent cigar, and that is a great factor to consider the construction, the consistency of the construction of that cigar. And that's a big thing for me when I'm when I'm talking to someone who doesn't smoke a lot. You know, you and I have been smoking for long enough that I'm not afraid to walk away from a cigar that doesn't draw right. Someone who's, you don't want to temper someone's enjoyment. You know, if they've only ever smoked five cigars, you don't want their six to have a bad cigar. And now they're, you know, they're only bad, you know, they're 20% of the cigars that they've ever smoked were bad. So my number one choice, you know it, I know it, it's going to be the undercrown shade. I knew, yeah. The cigar for all seasons. You can smoke an underground shade at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. It don't matter. It's always going to be good. It's always going to have that complex flavor. It's going to have that hint of Sumatra. It's going to just tingle your tongue just a little. Not going to knock you down. That would be my number one draw. If somebody said, okay, four days to live... I don't want to spend over 12 bucks. Put me on a cigar. I'm going to put an Undercrown Shade in their hand. I, th- I, I knew that was coming. I mean, when we started talking about this, I knew that was going to be the cigar for you just because I've seen you do it so many times. I see you put that cigar in so many people's hands. The So I've got kind of a, a little bit of a horse race, so I'm going to tag an honorable mention onto the the back of this, one that I think you and I would both agree with. But my, my next one is going to be... The Camacho Ecuador. Good choice. I, you know, it's a little. It's probably the strongest of the five that I've mentioned. But it's just, and if you can find the BXP wherever you happen to be, even better. Uh, the price is right. It's under ten bucks, and I just think you get it. Ecuadorian wrapper is not something you're going to get everywhere, so I think it really. I think it really uh, can be a change for someone who hasn't had just a ton of cigars to smoke before. Well, and I would I would argue with you a little bit of putting them on the BXP. There's a little bit of skill involved in smoking a box press as well as cutting a box press, um, especially a box press the size of the BXP. It's just about got to be punched. Well, I... I I agree with you to a point, but as a box press, I think that's about the lightest box shape of a box press that I've ever had. So I I don't think it comes with the same level of complexity that, say, a Java does. That's true. That's true. The Java, But the Java is smaller in ring gauge. It is. But, the, I mean, they make the, the Ecuador BXP. They make it everywhere from a Robusto, Corona, Toro, They just and the Gordo. But he just keeps the bigger sizes here because that's what we smoke. Right. Most shops are just going to keep the bigger. There's so much Camacho product out there. Yeah. There's no way for a shop to carry all the sizes. So my honorable mention, and I think you're going to agree with me on this, it's a cigar that neither one of us ever smoke. But if, this is for someone who says this is my first, second, or third cigar. Arturo Fuente Chateau. I thought about Fuente. Yeah. Um, it's a name that a lot of people are going to recognize when they think about the cigar industry. Um, I didn't mention the Fuente because they're Dominican, and I'm always going to lean toward Nicaraguan tobacco. I imagine if you ran down my list, you would find most of those were Nicaraguan. Yeah. But I can certainly understand. Now, I'm going to put you in a different scenario. All right. You're in the humidor. A lovely young lady walks in, and she says, I want to buy a box of cigars. 
and I want to buy a box of cigars to give to my fiance for the wedding. This is going to be, we're getting married next Sunday. Um, this is either going to be for the bachelor party the night before or for after the wedding. This is something he doesn't smoke cigars often, but he loves to smoke a cigar to celebrate. And I want to buy a box of cigars. What do you put her on? The, oof, that's a tough one. Well, let's, let's start with the basics. What size do you put her on? A Robusto. I think you're right. I think you have to stay small. I think you have to stay in that 35 to 45 ring gauge and that 4 to 5 inch length. Well, Robusto is a little bit bigger than that. It's like 48 usually. Um, But I think it's still, I mean, I don't, I would never want, because so many people that just kind of play with cigars and don't necessarily, you know, they think of cigars as being a, a, a certain size. And you would never want to put someone on a petite Corona because then they're going to get that and think, well, this is not a cigar. It's, you know, I, I think you need a little bit of size. I think the Robusto. I, well, I would also say on this, I want to get this young lady out of the humidor with a box of 20 cigars for less than $200. Absolutely. And I want it to be a box that looks nice. And I would, I would prefer to get her out for about 150 Yeah. And I'll, if I'm if I'm going to get her out, I'd like to get her out in there. Um, the Cubic Classic falls in that. I see. I w- my fir- my gut response to your question was the uh, Don Papine Blue Label, the original. Uh, it's it's one of those. But but that's because my first question is usually, how often does he smoke? You know, do any of the guys he's going to be enjoying these with smoke as well? Like you want it to be someone who's. You don't want it to be like, he's never smoked cigars before, but he's said that he would really enjoy it. He just never... If, if that's the case, I'm, I'm going Fuente uh, Hemingways. Hemingways are good. One, they're recognizable. Two, they're in a good-looking box. Uh-huh. Um, and, of course, the, the Avos are going to be there, but you're going to have a hard time walking out of the humidor of a box of Avos of any kind for under 200 bucks. And, and the box isn't... I think their boxes are pretty, but they don't have that presence for a gift that that I think the uh, the Don Papine box has, the, the Hemingway box, certainly. Um, now, you do get some uh, user... It, you get a little... Uh, mark against user friendliness with the Figurato shape in the Hemingways, but it's also a great story. It looks great, but I do call into, and I'm not, I'm not slamming on Fuente here, but Fuente is prone to a structural failure, in my opinion, more often than a lot of other brands that I could put them toward. I've not run across that personally, but it could just be uh, that I haven't smoked enough to run into that. So, you know, you can't go wrong with the Padron Naturals in the 4,000s. True. You know, you're going to be... 4,000 might be a little big. I might go 3,000. Might go 3,000. Get them in the natural, not the Maduro. Right. Um, Then they're going to have a top quality cigar, and she'll have under 10 bucks a stick in that pretty easy. And most places, if you say, I'm going to buy a box, you're going to get a box discount of 20% or something like that. 15, usually. Yeah, some, somewhere in that range. They're going to take care of her at the shop because she's probably going to need a cutter. She's probably going to need a lighter. Yeah. And to go with that. So, yeah, I would say the, the Hemingway is probably the top choice for that. I will probably agree with that. Now, you know my bias. If Don Gonzalez is in the humidor, I'm probably going to put her on one of the Don Gonzalez because I know every cigar in that box is going to draw excellent. Right. But the Don Gonzalez does not appeal to as wide a variety of smoker as does the Fuente. That's definitely true. I mean, that that's a, I mean, and it's also a cigar that's not nearly as recognizable to someone, you know, with that Fuente, the Padron. The Padron, again, the box is not necessarily very fancy for a gift, but those who know, know. Yeah, that, it'll be something that even if there's two veteran smokers in that 20 guys that are going to be smoking a cigar, then, you know, they'll, they'll recognize the Hemingway. They'll recognize that she did a good job. Well, let's go from boxes down to individuals. Do you have a cigar under $8 for us this week? 
This week's Cigar Under $8, I did not have a time to put a lot of work into this. And also, I went back to the basics. I went back to the Don Pepe in blue. Yeah. The blue, um, you know this cigar. You're the one that put me on this cigar. It's going to be made in the Don Pepin factory. It's going to have a lot of body. Under $8, just going to be an excellent cigar under $8 to deal with. You know, I haven't smoked one of those in months. I think I might have to break one of those out for next week's show. Well, you put me on that cigar, and I had never been a big Don Pepin factory fan. But that cigar has led me to a lot of other cigars. Yeah. It's kind of it's a good starter cigar. It's a good cigar to lead you out of the Connecticut's into the heavier blends. Mm-hmm. It is that great line, and it is under $8 everywhere you go. I don't know how they keep that cigar so cheap. As I don't good either. a smoke as it is. But consistently, and also, it's widely available. That's one of the things I always think about with the cigar under 8 I want a cigar that's very widely accessible. Yeah, I want it to be something that everyone can get their hands on. Um, so, But if you have any suggestions for us on a cigar under $8, show topics or anything else, uh, drop us a line. Uh, we are still running our contest for the ashtray. So we are quickly approaching episode number 40. Uh, we are taking your suggestions for show themes for that episode. Uh, drop us a line uh, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thecigarcast, uh, Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast, or you can, of course, email us info at thecigarcast.com. Send us your show topics, and if we choose yours to use for episode 40, we're going to reach out for some details. We're going to send you an ashtray. If you look on our Facebook page and our Instagram account. You have to go back a couple of weeks, but you can actually see the Oliva ashtray. It's a nice ceramic, big uh, four-holder ashtray. It's beautiful. We're going to send that to you if we use your topic. So reach out to us. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, we've run out of time this week, so I'll have to cover in a future episode why every young man should watch wrestling. I think that's a very important topic that needs covered. And And, you know, yes, it's the cigar cast, but I almost wish... It's conversations over a cigar. Yeah, that's really uh, tends to be more what we do here. And if you like what we're doing, drop us a line, let us know. We've had a lot of good responses on the contest, and I've gotten to know a lot of really cool listeners that we have. I've been messaging back and forth with several of them about different things and different places they have seen a cigar. The last thing I want to touch on before we say goodnight, this Sunday or this Saturday is the Tennessee versus Alabama game. So that'll be the day this show goes out. The day this podcast drops at 2.30, they'll be kicking off. Central uh, time. Central time. And that, there's a great cigar tradition. I put a video up on the Cigar Cast webpage, a tradition of over 50 years, where the winning team actually violates NCAA rules and hands out cigars and fires up cigars in the locker room. (laughs) And the video has a lot of interesting history about that. Take a minute, I think it's a minute 40 seconds, and watch that video on our webpage. I think you'll really enjoy it. All right. Well, you guys heard that. You have homework this week. But until then, we will see you all next week.